Hey folks, welcome to episode 79 of the FLW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Jody White. I'm joined by Kyle Wood in Hopkins, Yeah, Minnesota. I'm back. Yeah, um, and you've been, from what I can tell, you've been having a lot of fun uh, when you've been not podcasting here. Uh, but before we yeah. get into it, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, go on. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess before we get into that, the outline, Kyle and I are going to talk about some stuff. Then we're going to talk with Brian Thrift about uh, winning on Ufala, uh, being awesome, and yep. we'll look ahead to Chickamauga a little bit. Then we've got a Rayovac Rumble to do for the James River. Yes, it's actually going to happen. Um, <laughs> we've got some fantasy fishing to talk about, uh, some BFLs to go over, and that'll be pretty much it. It could be a could be a tight show but we're gonna uh, ramble here for a second so uh kyle i guess how did how, how has your time off gone what have you been filling it with because i know you've been like doing some hunting i also saw a bunch of huge smallmouth uh yeah what's the deal well I've, yeah i've been uh doing all kinds of stuff man I, I was turkey hunting a little bit i was getting a bunch of stuff done around the house because you know when you travel a lot you know you kind of forget to mow the yard and such and then, uh, yeah, this past weekend, I made it out to Mille Lacs Saturday and Sunday with a couple of buddies. And, uh, I mean, it, we had a pretty big cold front come through, but the smallmouth were, uh, they were chomping. Had to work at them, but, but we caught some good ones. Cool. So where, now you turkey hunted too, right? <clears throat> yeah, I did. And where did you do that? And were you successful? Well, here's the thing. So I did that in Minnesota. No, I didn't. And it's a sore subject. Me and this one gobbler were buttonheads the whole time and we never got on the same page and that's all right i'll kill him next year it was fine i gotta enjoy some time out in the woods i got rained on a whole bunch i mean it was basically the whole time i was sitting in the turkey woods i'm like you know what i should be doing i should probably be fishing so yeah (laughs) that's that's when i decided to change it up and go go chase smallmouth instead there you go so how'd you catch your smallmouth well, uh, so we actually ended up catching them on X wraps and shadow wraps, but it was a weird deal. There was a bug hatch going on in Mille Lacs, which is pretty common for this time of year, but it's, the water had been cold enough that a lot of these fish are still pre-spawn. Uh, there are a lot of males up shallow, but all the, all the big females, all the four, five, six pounders are still out in like eight, nine feet right off the edge of those spawning flats. And I thought I was going to catch them on a hair jig, to be honest with you. I thought... You know, that, that mayfly hatch is usually kind of the deal. And when they get dialed in on that, there's nothing that beats a hair jig, like a little eighth-ounce black hair jig. Yes, sir. And I couldn't get them to touch it, but oh, I was throwing the jerk good. bait. And in the morning, the shadow wrap, they'd come up behind it, and they'd just stare at it. They'd follow it all the way to the boat and just look at it. So I put on a feathered treble hook on the back and instantly started getting bit. The only problem was they'd only bite that back feathered hook now those x wraps have the feather built into it so we kind of played around with colors and um started getting them to kind of commit to it but that it was the weirdest thing i've never seen smallmouth get so dialed in on that feather on the back especially on a jerk bait because you had to fish it fast too it wasn't like you had to let it sit for a while i mean it was like my arm felt like it was going to fall off after two days of throwing that jerk bait around that is that's really interesting that's cool yeah it was it was it was a pretty nifty deal and, and I mean it, from most of the people we talked to that were out there it was it was kind of a tough bite overall it was like thirty two degrees one morning the water temp mm-hmm. dropped like seven degrees from what it was on Friday um, come Saturday morning so it was it was kind of I mean it was kind of tough for for a lot of the guys but that little that little hair on the back of the the jerk bait was kind of the kind of the ticket. Pretty cool stuff. I was into it, man. You can't go wrong when you're catching four and five pound smallmouth. Well, no, you can't. Um, they're they're pretty much the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't caught any four or five pound smallmouth in a in a long time. Um, 
I don't know when I'll change that next because I can't seem to get a smallmouth on Kentucky Lake. Like I know they exist. Yeah. <laughs> guys catch them and they're guys catch big ones. But yeah. I I don't think I've caught a smallmouth to date on Kentucky Lake. I think I caught one, uh, like five or six years ago, practicing for a tournament, and it was probably about I don't know six inches long. Oh, and, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and other than that, I seem to only be able to catch largemouth and sheepshead and catfish. But you're catching some big largemouth. Well, I did on Monday. Um, I kind of so I spent. Billy came down. Um, a friend of mine from Vermont, he came down and we fished, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I brought him back to Nashville on Monday. And then I went out fishing on Monday and we really sucked it up on the weekend. And I mean, (laughs) I kind of, I, you know, I didn't think that necessarily I was going to be any good. I knew I was going to be able to figure this ledge fishing thing out, but I wasn't sure Mm -hmm. what it was going to take for me to figure it out. And really like I felt and looked I'm sure really stupid for four days. <laughs> um, and I mean, I kind of figured it out and I found some pretty big schools, but just with small fish or ones, or at least I couldn't get big fish to bite. But then uh-huh. on Monday I went back out and I kind of, I was a little more dialed in and I knew a little bit more what to look for. And it kind of started to click for me on Monday. Um, and I caught some big ones and I left them for the Tuesday nighter and then I couldn't catch them as many in Tuesday nighter. <laughs> um, but it, it was it's a it was pretty neat um, to kind of feel like I figured it out a little bit. So yeah, it's it's gratifying. Yes, it is. It definitely is, and I'm really looking forward to getting back out there this weekend. And I don't know, who knows? Maybe if I feel like I've done a lot of work, maybe I go out, you know, half day Friday or something like that. Right? Go catch Heck yeah. Too. Um. But yeah, it was uh, it, it was cool. And yet, so last night I sort of started fi- the spot we started on, because I finally got Jesse to fish with me. By the way, which oh okay yeah, like that's kind of a big deal. That um, is. I think he's maybe only fishing because I was like I sent him a picture of like me with a five pounder and was like, <laughs> hey, want to fish for Tuesday nighter? I think he needs to be enticed. Um, ah, he just he, needs to know there's big ones there. Yeah, we well, kind of need a little feathered treble for him put it that way yeah yes uh but you know what we finally got that um we got that work we got we got there and there was another guy on it well he we actually ran to it with him basically and i was like well it looks like we're going to the same spot and he got there and i was like hey do you mind if we fish with you and he was like sure and it, it was it was the first time i've ever um fished sort of neck and neck with someone on a spot like that and the positioning was a little imperfect because I couldn't really sit right where I wanted to sit. And I don't know if he was sitting right where he wanted to sit either, to be honest. But the point of it is, it was a really, it was a pretty enjoyable experience, to be honest. I mean, it would have been better if we were alone. But sure, he was a super nice guy. And the way we fished, like it wasn't, we were never too on top of each other. You know, it, it worked out. Okay. So that was just an interesting side note. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, we got to, uh, I, I got to do better. So step your game up. Yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we go ahead? Give, give a uh, thrift a call. Yeah. Let's get him on the phone. All right. Sounds like a plan. And now we're joined by Brian thrift winner of the FLW tour event on Ufala, uh, second in the AOI race right now. Right, Kyle? Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, Brian, first question is, obviously, thanks for coming on. But going into Ufala, you kind of you almost planned on winning that event. Like It, it seemed as though you really knew what you were going to do from the moment you started. <laughs> yeah, I, as soon as I seen Ufala on the schedule, I knew what I was going to do. And it's just... That lake sets up well for the stuff I like to fish. I kind of like to find little out-of-the-way places that most people won't even think about looking, or or they'll look there and it won't look like anything. And those fish kind of get on little out-of-the-way deals, and that's what I like to do. 
as far as you know finding all your all the little out of the way spots you know whether it was like a rock or a stump or just a tiny brush pile or whatever it was that you fished you know i know kyle and i both watched you fish a couple of days and you had a lot of these spots what did you did did you carry over a lot of spots from last time did you find a bunch of new spots from for this time how how did that go down Actually, I lost all my waypoints from when we were there in 2013, and everything I fished this year was stuff I found in the circus. I mean, I'm, I I don't I think I like 31 hours on my Evan Root T2 and three days of practice, so it was a, a lot of sitting on my butt staring at the grass. <laughs> well, I, that's that's pretty boring until you get you know the right payoff there, I guess. Um. Which you got? For sure. Oh yeah, it, it's boring as it can be, but I mean, you gotta. In my, in the back of my head, I knew that's what I was gonna do. I knew that was gonna give me my best chance to win. And I, it, it, you fall out. This, this, there's so many three to six pound fish in that lake. If if you can just play the odds and play the numbers game, you've only got to hit five of the right rocks or five of the right brush piles in eight hours catch five big fish so instead of trying to find a school of fish i just try to find a hundred single fish places you know a hundred places where i might catch one and if i can fish all hundred of them in a day sooner or later i'm going to run across five big fish so what's the most spots you think you fished in a day um in one day probably 80 or 90 man that's Jeez. that's incredible to just crank yeah. up that many times up and down to line up. <laughs> oh yeah, every it, time it it wears you out. I mean, at the end of the four days, I was just flat wore out. <laughs> you know, well, and and watching you fish those, you know, all those spots, Brian. It's it's almost like, um, you know, you were so dialed in with your electronics that you knew exactly where to cast and it was almost like you didn't get bit in the first you know two three casts unless it was like uh you know it seemed like if it was a bigger brush pile or something you know you'd make a few more but otherwise those first like one two three casts were kind of the deal like if someone was home that's what yeah, was gonna happen. yeah and that's that's the way i love to fish i mean i like to find a place where if there's one there that's where he's gonna be and he's gonna bite if he is there and I don't beg them to bite. I can pull up there and get my life, and 90% of the times, first cat, you get bit. So how do you have your boat set up for for doing that? Because, you know, you said on the last day that you swap into the FLW boats and the different setup, you know, it was a little bit frustrating to get yourself dialed in. Not that it's a bad setup necessarily with the Lorances, but that it's just different. So what... What's your kind of like? What was the key for for you for making that setup? Was it just that you were able to place you know one waypoint here, one there, and you knew right where to be? Was it something else? What was the deal? No, it was just going. I mean, I know my boat. I know how. I know where my GPS modules are located on the boat. I know exactly how far I am from my marks. And just getting in the top ten boat, you're not familiar with it, so it takes you a couple hours to figure out how everything's setting and how you're setting and where what you're throwing at setting, and just to figure that out. And then finally, that last day, I was I was having trouble because a lot of the stuff was isolated out in the middle of the lake, and I had some stuff that was close to the bank that I knew I'd be able to get a better lineup on. And once I figured out, kind of how I needed to line up with the top 10 boat, I could run with it from there. So I, I was set, the way I was setting up on everything I was throwing to the, I was about 15 feet off to the right on my first cast on everything I was setting up on. So once I figured that out, I could adjust for that. I could hit, hit everything the first cast for the last three or four hours. And that's when I finally got to catch them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and boy, did you catch them? Cause you really, I mean, you really came in with a really impressive bag on the final day, which was, and that day was tough on basically everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it started getting tougher every day. The first two days of the tournament, they went real good. The last two days, I don't know if the pressure got to them or if it was just the difference in fishing during a weekday and 
a weekend day because I know fish will bite a lot better most of the time during the course of the weekend on the weekend. All right. And I had, I guess, one other question I had sort of about the spots. Would you... Would you hit these spots multiple times in a day or in the tournament? Or if you caught a fish off of them, did you say, well, that spot's done? Um, you know, did, did you did you re-hit stuff? Yeah, I revisit. That's another beauty of you following. You never, it, there's so much mystery there because you, you never know. I mean, you could fish one brush pile six times in a day and six times catch a big one off of it. I, I would let, Boat, other boats determine where I would pull in and just kind of play it by ear, just pretty much winging it. I mean, there really no was no rhyme or reason to it. All right. Did you have any competition for your spots? Because you said, you know, you'd let other boats dictate what you do a little bit. Did Were there other people on that same pattern of finding out-of-the-way stuff? Yeah, there were a lot of other guys that were running it this year. I mean, in 2013... There wasn't hardly anybody doing it, and then this year there were several guys doing it, but they—I mean, it didn't affect me any. I mean, I—I I guess I spent more time looking and had found about three or four times what everybody else had found. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good way to go go with it. If you've got three or four times as many spots, uh, yeah, and no you can, and you can, and you have the stamina and the, and you're dialed in enough to hit them just right every time. I mean, that's a good recipe. Yeah, and then plus, I mean, you might run 20 or 30 places and not get a bite, and then the next one you pull up on, catch two big ones off of. So it's kind of, you just got to keep that mind frame that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Sooner or later, I'm going to run into them. I mean, the the first day of the tournament, I had 10 pounds in the live wheel at 2 o'clock. I pull up on a brush pile and catch a 7-pounder on the first cast. So, I mean, you can go from a small bag to a giant bag in one stop, five minutes. Have you run that sort of tons and tons of spots pattern anywhere else uh, at other events? Um, no, there's very few lakes that set up like you follow does for that. And I've not been able to duplicate it really anywhere else. All right. Are you going to save your waypoints for if you ever go back? <laughs> I probably will, but I mean, I don't think I don't think it'll really benefit me any. I mean, that lake's constantly changing. I mean, brush piles are only they'll only be good for a year or two, and they'll start rotting out and stuff and get small and fall down. You just you constantly got to find new stuff. I think I think that's one of the best anglers the game they constantly look for new and better ways all right well you're definitely you're definitely doing that um oh yeah i i guess sort of speaking of that you're killing it in the aoi race this year um kyle what was the stat you had about how uh how how oh <laughs> yeah so basically so since 2008 uh brian i'm sure you're probably aware of it but for anyone listening uh you haven't finished lower than eighth place in the aoi standings plus you won the aoi in 2010 i believe yes which is absolutely insane that you had a streak that long of not finishing below eighth in the points that's unreal I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know what to say about it. I, just, Dude, well, I, I feel think, like so, Go ahead. Yo, I was going to say, so is it, it, it's got to be part of your style, right? Because I feel like that Brian Thrift, you know, moving around, covering water, not really, you know, kind of fishing the moment a lot of times, too. Even if it seems like, you know, you've run out of fish, you can, you can kind of just start going fishing and you come across some stuff and you can put that together. Is that kind of been what you think has been, you know, your your big, uh, I guess, hot streak, your hot hand is being able to do that? Um, yeah, I'd say that's definitely a lot of it. I mean, I, I factor in a lot of luck in fishing. <laughs> I mean, you can <laughs> randomly just pull in somewhere and catch a couple of them. It's, it's like practicing. I mean, when you're practicing for an event and you catch them in practice, I mean, you don't know where they are or you're finding also in the tournament situation i don't 
you can do the same thing. I mean, if what you've been doing isn't working or if you try to get back, you just go look for new stuff. I mean, and my biggest thing in fishing is if I find a place where I can catch three pounders every cast, there's got to be somewhere that I can catch four pounder every cast. Once I find that, that's, my mind goes to thinking, well, there's got to be somewhere that I can catch five pounder every cast. You just got to you got to keep looking and never be really satisfied with what you found because you, you never know what's going to happen. So you are, let's see. You're less than 20 points back of Wesley Strader. You think you can catch him? I'm, I'm not going to say I think I can because, I mean, there's so many guys in the angler of the year race right now. I mean, there's probably only 30 points separating seven or eight guys. So it's, it's going to be a tight race. And the next tournament's on Wesley's home lake. He finished second there last time we were there. Yeah, I think if anybody's going to catch him, he's going to have to slip up at the Potomac River because I don't think he's going to slip up at Chickamauga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the odds on him slipping up there are pretty pretty long. Um, but But you never know. Um, I guess speaking of Chickamauga, have you, have you been there since we were there last in 2013? Have you been on the lake for anything? Did you get there to pre-practice or were you down in Texas? No, I didn't go pre-practice. I went to Texas and, uh, I hadn't been there since we were there in 2013. I I don't have a very good track record at Chickamauga, so I kind of, I'm going to have to approach it from a different angle this year, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and that's a good point. So uh, last time we were there, I think you finished somewhere 63rd, somewhere somewhere in the 60s. Um, yeah. But were, are, were, you trying, um, were you trying some shallow stuff last time, or were you also trying to kind of get on that offshore stuff? I fished offshore pretty much the whole time last time. And I'll probably do it again this time just because I know that's going to put me around the most above average size fish is offshore. I mean, I'll probably play around a little bit of everything in practice, but I'll concentrate most of my time offshore, I'd say. Are you thinking of, you know, this this year, guys can lock out, whether it's Watts Bar or Ninkajack. Are you thinking of going to, going to either of those and experimenting at all, or are you pretty much saying Chick is the place to be? Um, I hadn't ruled that option out, but I, I know I'm not going to go to Nick Jack. That's going to eat up too much time. And if I do go, I'll go to Watts Bar. I've never been there. I love fishing lakes I've never been to, so I might snap a Watts Bar a little bit. All right. Well, that would be kind of cool to see a tournament on Chickamauga with someone, whether it's a win or a top 10, or just have someone contend from not Chickamauga. Because you expect oh, that. Yeah. You expect Chickamauga is the place to to win, based on the fact that the state record was caught out of there. I mean, there's so many giants. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, have you? Why haven't you know? I I don't think of you as a shallow water angler necessarily, but I I think that you know you have a lot of skill picking apart shallow cover, uh, picking apart a dock, something like that. Was that a temptation for you in the past when you were, you know, when you did finish 63rd? Did you, were there a couple times where you thought, you know what, I should just go to the bank and start fishing? Um, I did some. I mean, I, I just never really got on anything last time we were there. I was just, I don't know how to explain it. Just sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean here's the thing you're gonna have a hard time explaining something if you didn't figure it out you know what i mean (laughs) yeah exactly i mean when you when you don't have a clue to start with you can't really make up something about it (laughs) yeah no i i hear you on that um kyle do you have any other uh any other questions for brian uh no i don't i think we uh we touched on it pretty good all right well i i've got one more that we uh we got from twitter and all right uh, Ty wanted to know if you had any tips on some for someone fishing their very first bass tournament. And very first bass tournament. I feel like your very first um, bass tournament was a long time ago, but maybe you've got something. <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest tip would be fishing is 
to me, it's just like any other job. You get out of it what you put into it. If you've got that will and that drive to get out there and learn, there's there's no better tool for to learn how to bass fish than to be out there bass fishing. The more time you put on the water, the better you're going to do hands down. But for a first tournament, I would say just go out there and have fun. My my biggest thing is I try to go by like a 20 or 30 minute rule. If I go somewhere and I haven't got 20 or 30 minutes, I'm going somewhere else. And just kind of sample a little bit of everything the lake has to offer, fish shallow, fish deep. And then just every time we get a bite, try to learn from it. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's pretty solid advice. You yeah, I say so. You've certainly proven it to be pretty solid. <laughs> uh, so that how many, you know, you say you get out what you put into it. How many days on the water do you think you spend a year then? Um, That's a good question. Oh, I'd say I fish at least 200, 250 days a year. And okay. I try to fish a couple of days a week when I'm at home. Well, that's, that's it, I mean, it's, it's not just it's not just fishing. I mean, it could be anything from a tackle organization to anything like that. I mean, do you have a particular tackle organization system that you like? Because I know I see you every every time when you whether you come in off the water or whether you're going out, your rods are. It looks like you've lined them up, you know, with a ruler, and it just—you seem to be more uh, more meticulous about that than a lot of other guys. Well, I may have a little mild case of OCD, and I think that definitely helps you. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, that's it, uh, Brian. Man, thanks for coming on. Congratulations at the win at Ufala. You're making this a yearly thing now, which I like. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you gotta win one every year to make a living. Only having six events. So. <laughs> well, what we uh, what we need next is I think uh, I'm looking for a Forestwood Cup win out of you. We're due. I would love to win the Forestwood. That's the one tournament that's been holding me for the last six or seven years. I've been close five or six times, and I feel like I've been on the winning fish three or four times, and it just. Somehow it never seems to work out. <laughs> I think you and you and Canterbury seem to be about in the same boat on that front, where yeah, <laughs> you you both have been really close, uh, but not quite. Um, right. But one of these years it'll happen. It'll be great when it does. Oh yeah. Um, thanks for coming on, and man, good luck. Uh, good luck at Chickamauga. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. I'll see y'all here in a couple of days. So, Kyle, we just got done with. Uh, a pretty typical Brian Thrift interview. He's uh, He knows what he's going to say. Yep. He says it. Um, he's got some real good information in there, but he's not a guy you can, like, set up and he'll just run for an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of you got to prompt him along for sure. Uh, but was there anything in particular that you uh, pulled out of that? Um, Not really. And I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I've watched Brian Thrift fish enough that – you know, a lot of what he said is kind of self-explanatory. I do think it's very interesting that, um, you know, he's so dialed in on that, you know, what he calls off-the-wall stuff. And this time around at Ufala, you know, more guys also got dialed into that same program. And it almost seemed to kind of bug him a little. Like, you could kind of tell when he was fishing, he was almost, like, kind of annoyed, like, God dang these guys found this rock too, or this, but I mean, that kind of shows you that like electronics nowadays are, are pretty good. Well, that, and also that a lot of people are willing to take Brian Thrift's lead because <laughs> not a lot of people were doing it last time, but they came around this time. And a lot of guys were like, you know, that Brian Thrift character, pretty good. Let's see if I can't figure something. something out. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that like he had it dialed in to the extent where he he was casting 15 feet to the wrong side. And he yeah. learned later on in the day, oh, I got to cast 15 feet the other way. Mm-hmm. And then started catching them. So like that was interesting. The fact that he lost his waypoints, I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know that. I assumed he had a bunch of waypoints from last time, and he had a bunch of new ones. So He took the uh, Brian Ayler approach. Just delete all your waypoints and don't worry about what you fished before. Pretty much. Maybe he'll start doing it from now on. 
Maybe. The I guess the other thing is, so he was going around looking for off-the-wall, little small spots, places you pick up a fish or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From everything I understand, that kind of spot can be really critical at Chickamauga. Oh, Adding, yeah. It's not a it's not a situation where a lot of times you're sitting on a big ledge like at Kentucky Lake, and you and four other guys are just whacking on them. You know what I mean? There's a few yep. spots like that, but a lot of the higher finishers are probably going to be moving around more at a Randy Haynes type pace. In, oh yeah. Than a typical ledge fishing type pace. Guys are going to be they're probably going to hit a number of places looking for one or two bites off each one. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of real estate on Chickamauga for, for you to kind of just, you know, get on one, one big ledge and it's got, you know, a thousand fish on it. There's It's just not that kind of lake. So could be better for thrift this time around. Yeah. And so that was, that was interesting to me. And the other interesting thing was that he said, well, I might go to Watts Bar, but he wouldn't consider going to Nickajack. And I have heard from a couple of guys the exact opposite, that... They would go to Nickajack, but they wouldn't go to Watts Bar. Now the yeah, only issue and that's with, what I figured. Now the issue with Nickajack though is there's like a pretty big no wake zone down there. Yeah, because they're having some kind of something. So if you go down there and your spot's not right by the lock, it's gonna take a while to get there. Right, and that's Which, what Thrift was hinting at when he said, you know, it's too long of a too long of a run. Yeah, which. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not so sure you need to go a long way away from the lock in order to have no. success. No, the Amer- the All-American kind of proved that. Yeah. It, it almost, almost to me, the benefit of going to Nickajack is that you can get there real fast. Yes. Um, yes. But I guess we'll see. Um, I'm interested in, I'm interested in that. And I guess before we get into like the fantasy fishing side of things, Yep. A couple other Chickamauga notes. I feel like there's a little more subterfuge going on around this tournament than a lot of other tournaments. And maybe it's just because I'm more sort of dialed in to the ledge fishing and the bait situation now that I'm down here, but I don't know. Like, there's a lot of... There are a lot of guys, like, with secret or semi-secret baits or, you know, who don't want to be seen fishing places mm-hmm. uh, who want to ha- who. You know, or like, well, I want to check it, but I don't know if I'm going to check it, or maybe I'll have somebody else check it, or I wish I could borrow a boat or something like that. Like, there's this is an in, the, the lead up to this tournament is really interesting. It kind of is, yeah. I'll um, go with you on that. <clears throat> also, as a side note, Tackle Warehouse is basically they're entirely out of stock on swim bait jig heads with eight dot hooks. Really? So. That to me would indicate that, like me, a lot of people are trying to throw really big swim baits, um, and having a hard time getting enough jig heads to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a uh, you got you got that um, as a side note. Yeah, you know when Tackle Warehouse is sold out of something, that it must be the deal. Yeah, um, t- typically, and I mean, I have like forty six dollars worth of. You know, one ounce jig heads. I found some two ounces that are in stock. I don't know if I want to throw a two ouncer or not, but I'm going to get them just to try them because I got an eight out hook. And who, who knows? I can always just cut some of the lead off and make them way less, right? Sure. Right. <laughs> I definitely can do that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we, uh, that's, I think guys throwing hog swim baits might be something to watch in this tournament. Like it just might, I know, you know, last Bass Fest, last year, the uh, the hair jig, the bucktail took off, and obviously we got mega spoons, and we got big chatter baits and stuff like that, but I don't know. Big swim baits might be the deal. I think you're right. So, I, I guess that said, we've kind of we kind of rambled, but let's go ahead. Let's get to let's get to a Rayovac Rumble. Man, we haven't done one of these in forever. Yeah, so I think the last one we did, based on my document, <clears throat> was on Grand Lake. And then I think we've been basically off since then. Wow. Now, Grand Lake, I don't know who won. I 
wrote down, I need to go back and like find that podcast or something and listen to it. But I think you won, which I think means it's two to four your favor. I'll go with that. I have no idea. <laughs> I also think that you picked second at Grand Lake. Or sorry, you picked first at Grand Lake. Rather. I think I picked first, yeah. So I yeah. think you're up. So I believe I'm up. Yeah. Uh, so, James River. It's uh, first stop of the Northern Division. Should be should be pretty cool fishing because you've got. I think the river's pretty high right now, but you've got the chick. It's got a lot of grass. Fishing should be good down there. Should be some good tide action. It's gonna be. It'll it'll be an interesting one to watch. We're not gonna get flooded out like last year. Yep. I don't think. Um. So all that said, for uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Go ahead, give me Dave Lefebvre. Ooh, good pick. Very good pick. I'm going to go with, I'm going to take Joe Wood. All right. I'm real sad about that because Joe Wood's my favorite. (laughs) I'm also real happy about that because I get to take Kelly Pratt. Ah, dang. Uh, Dang. He basically doesn't miss a top ten. On the James River. No, he does not. And um, he usually doesn't fish a tournament that's not on the James River. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty stoked to get him with the second pick. Man. All right. Well, if the river's up, you know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Glenn Brown. All right. I dig it. Take him. I think it's good. So, here's the thing. Adrian Avina is not on the field list. But I am really sure he's fishing it. Did you call him? I didn't call him. I should have called him. Did you call him to find out he's not fishing it? I did not call him, no. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and take Adrian Avina. And you know what? It's a great pick if it were, if he is fishing. Heck yeah. And if he's not fishing, well, daggum. Well, now, so here's the thing. Do you think, should I make my next pick, and then should you do like a, a, backup. a backup pick just in case? If you want to give me a backup, I'll take a backup. I mean, I'm kind of a nice guy. I would say you're a pretty nice guy. <clears throat> um, so I, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my pick, which because of the fact I'm very partial to these guys, I'm going to take Corey Johnson. Oh, baby. And because his brother's fishing Bass Fest, he's not there. And like you said earlier when we were talking, we're going to see how well they do apart, you know, when they're not both fishing in the same tournament. And I'm going to bet it's pretty good. Uh, I bet it is too. Um, and I think uh, I think that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for my backup pick, I'm going to take uh, Jess Caraballo, Caraballo, something like that. <laughs> Not really sure how to say his last name. Okay. Um, what, kind of, what kind of dirt you got on Jess? Well, here's what I know about him. I know he's from Connecticut. Uh, he's pretty good friends with a friend of mine. Okay. Um, he's pretty good on Champlain. He's done well on the Hudson River place that has tides sure i don't really know if he has any history on the james but i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and see what jess can do because he's a pretty good fisherman all right i like it so hopefully adrian avina is fishing what probably will happen is adrian avina will fish finish like 12th jess here will finish like second and i won't be able (laughs) to get anything from my backup but i look like a genius for having him on the list Absolutely. We'll still acknowledge it. <laughs> um, anyhow, so I think we're uh, we're good in the Rayback Rumble. Is there anything you want to look for at this Rayback? Not that um, neither of us are going to be there, by the way, but we're still obviously going to look at the coverage at FLWFishing.com. Yes, we are. I think, um, you know, last year, 
because I, I, I was originally going to cover the James River event before it was canceled because of the high water. And I think there was also a train that fell in the river and caught on fire. It was a bad time for the James River when I was there. It definitely was. I don't <laughs> know that the train factored into the cancellation, but it kind of was felt like it was it, piling on, you know? Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, but I think, I mean, like, man, the James River, the last couple of years, seems like it's been kicking out, like, some really big fish. Yeah. I mean, like... Like 10 I think pounds there was a, big fish. Yeah, I think there was an 8-pounder weighed in on the final day last year. And they had, I, a, they had a 9 weighed in on yeah. the first day, I think. So, I want to see some more great big ones come out of the James River. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one to watch. I will say, a lot of those big ones are coming out of the James River. A lot of those big ones are also coming out of the Chickahominy Creek which is a bit of a run yes. from where these guys are launching, but that's something to watch to see if to see what percentage of the top 10 makes it out of the Chickahominy versus what percentage mm-hmm. of the top 10 makes it out of the James. And I I think it I think it'll probably tilt toward the chick, but I there's a the way the fishing's been improving throughout the whole system, there's a chance that we see otherwise because it's yeah. The James River has gone from being a real pretty really a pretty tough place with a kind of meh reputation to a very good fishery these last i don't know three four years yeah it really has <clears throat> and it's cool to see well yeah you always like seeing places on the upswing and seeing guys yeah. figuring out new not necessarily new ways to catch them but just exploiting the the body of water in a different way so i'm looking i'm looking forward to this one it's going to be a kind of fun start to the northern division mm-hmm. and i believe what, what do we? Where do we go from here in the Northern Division? Is it? Is just, Champlain next? Well, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna find we're gonna find out. We're gonna make Northern. It goes James River, Champlain, then Erie. So two uh, two pretty awesome places up after this one. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um. Obviously, I'm surprised you didn't say Champlain is like real awesome, and then Erie is like okay. Well, I was getting to that. Obviously, oh, okay. <laughs> obviously, Champlain is the best lake in the country. Um, right. On right. a side note, so I was talking earlier how Billy, you know, we didn't catch any fish, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, today Billy's fishing on Champlain. The smallmouth are still pre-spawn. The water's 52 degrees. He's up to about 19 pounds all on a jerkbait so far. Nice. So. A jerkbait with hair? Uh, Probably not. Okay. Um, <laughs> But I could investigate that. Uh, all righty. We we got that done. Fantasy done fishing time. Bag. Yeah. Chickamauga. Yes, sir. Big bass <clears throat> capital of the world. Except, yeah. well, that's Eufaula. But well, what, big bass capital though. of Tennessee. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good statement. Yeah, it's a good place to be the big bass capital of. I guess, what do you, I haven't seen your picks yet. You're putting them up today. Yeah, I actually, I have them in there right now. I haven't written any descriptions for the guys yet, but I did pick them. So you can, you can look at them if you. Okay, if you, I'm, so I'm looking at fine. them right now. Um, I think you and I kind of same mindset. I think we have half our guys are the same. And I didn't look at yours before I picked. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I mean, we both own Wesley and Morgan and Lambert and Burge and Starks. Uh, I think that's the, yeah, I think it is about half and half. So yep. in that case, Kyle, great job on your picks. I yeah, think they man, did a you, really good job. You did phenomenal work, Jody. You really did. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, about, so I guess, how about this one? Mm-hmm. Let me critique. Let me look. Ask you some questions about him and whatnot. Okay. You've got John Cox for twenty four. Yeah. Now I'm gonna dig in. I'm not sure who is like right next to him as far mm-hmm. as prices go. I'll get there in a second. But what do you? Obviously, you're looking at the shallow bite in that case. Yeah. Yep. How good do you think the shallow bite can be for John Cox? Well, I think for him, it can be really, really, really good. 
there weren't a lot of guys in the top 10 last time that were fishing shallow, but the guys that were, were getting some really, really, really good bites. Like Moorhead caught a, like an eight pounder on the final day. A lot of guys were catching like fives and sixes. A lot of guys were losing fish. Um, and I think, I, I don't really think the shallow bite's going to be, you know, we won't see like nine out of the top 10, you know, fishing grass or up near the bank or lay downs or anything like that. However, I think if there's one guy that's going to probe around some of those like little backwater areas and get dialed in on something, it's probably going to be John Cox, especially at the rate he's been fishing this year. All right. Now, last time at, at Chickamauga, Tom Reddington finished in eighth place. He's an mm-hmm. offshore expert. He's a dollar more than John Cox. Mark Daniels Jr., same price as John Cox, and one of your favorite people ever. Yes, he absolutely is. That seems like a tough decision to make. Did you? What, I, I, what was your What was your stance on the call between I guess those two guys? And honestly, if you want to include another sort of shallow water guy, uh, you could probably include Jay Ellis, who I think is also at twenty five dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I I guess like uh, in terms of MDJ and Reddington, um, I guess for my team, I kind of wanted one really strong shallow guy in there and Cox is kind of that guy. I mean, even though I have Andy Morgan, I would kind of lump him in there as well. Yep. Um, but he also has enough history. He can kind of fish, not necessarily offshore, but he can fish in the river. Some of those little, um, like whether it's a brush pile or a little ledge or something, that's kind of what he was doing last time. He wasn't like down on the lower end of the lake where the actual, you know, ledges and bigger schools of fish are. Um, but Cox is kind of my guy for that. MDJ hasn't been to chick. Um, not that I don't think he's not going to figure him out. I also didn't pick him cause I didn't want to jinx him. Uh, I do that a lot. Oh, man. Sorry. That's just like, come on. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like John Cox is crushing it this year and I kind of didn't want to regret not picking him. Was I guess how that boiled down. Okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I could potentially end up regretting not picking him. And when I look at my team, it's I don't know. There, there are definitely some spots in my team that I'm not quite in love with, um, and I'm not exactly sure why. And if I probably could go through mm-hmm. a tinker and uh, do, you know, do more, do more work on it, but. As far as as far as your team goes, you went with Andy Morgan and Wesley Strader. How much did you try to put Michael Neal on the team too and go all with the Tennessee three? And sort of with that, why did you go Morgan and Strader and not one of those guys and Neal? Great question. And I think my reason for that was again nothing against Neil. Um oh no, I love him. But I just like I feel like, you know, he did well last time. I feel like there's too much pressure this time around gonna be put on those offshore fish. I mean, I know he he lives on the lake, has all kinds of super awesome spots, but last time it got a little crowded for him and he kinda he was getting kind of frustrated. Whereas Streeter Morgan, you know, did just as well and well not so much morgan but i mean still did really well uh without all that pressure you know what i mean like they kind of had they had spots from their years of experience on the lake that they could kind of get away from everyone and i liked that aspect of it just because i think all eyes are going to be on that ledge bite and it's probably going to be really good and it's going to be one doing that but i just i like that, uh, you know, those two Wiley veterans kind of got a lot up their sleeves, you know what I mean? I dig it. Uh, I'm glad you own Jason Lambert. I think that's a really good buy. Oh, yeah. I know he is... He's fired up for this one. Yeah. Not had the best so far. So, and God, usually when... putting it lightly. <laughs> when Lambert gets, you know, worked up on him, gets kind of upset and, you know, gets his mind focused on something, it usually doesn't bode well for the fish. For sure. Um, all right. 
what do you got for me? You've seen my team. Obviously, you love half of it. Uh, some <laughs> yeah, of it you must not like quite as much. What What are your thoughts? Uh, no, I think it's interesting that you seem like I, I like the Jimmy Reese pick. I really do. But I want to hear why you went with him for $13. Because, I mean, that's kind of, you know, it to me when I look down your list of like kind of how you filled it out, you know, you have some guys under 10 bucks, but that $13 price point can sometimes kind of be the like, ah, do I want to go like, you know, two $6 guys or do I want to take this one guy in 13 So hit me with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I one of the reasons I picked him is I, I think, and I kind of put him and Matt Steffen in the same grouping here, is that both of those guys are good at doing non-offshore stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons I wanted to have some guys on my team who I felt like could find something that wasn't offshore. I, I like Jimmy Reese because he's got probably more experience than anyone in the field catching really, really big fish. And Chickamauga has yeah. some really, really big fish. It's a lake that we're catching a, you know, a kicker is as impactful as anywhere else because the kickers on Chickamauga are eight and ten pounders. Right, not, right. Not five pounders. So, I don't know. There's that. I, I like Jimmy Reese a lot. Uh, he's Every time I've owned him, he's done pretty well for me. Like, I haven't really regretted owning him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was kind of a combination of reasons. I don't have a silver bullet as to, gosh, this is why I think he's going to perform there. So, that's okay. that's the Jimmy Reese analysis. It's I'll not, buy that. It's not perfect, and I would encourage if you have if if somebody else had like a guy they liked at twelve, I would say take the guy you like at twelve or take the guy you like at fourteen. I'm not offering any extremely special advice about Jimmy Reese. I'm just kind of taking him because <laughs> it's a guy I want to own. I think he's going to do well. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, I, right, I get you. If you if somebody was going to say, well, I got a guy at twenty nine who I like better than Jason Lambert, I would be happy to argue that point. I'm not, I'm going to be more like, well, do what you want on yep. somebody around Jimmy Reese's price point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that I feel that way with some of the guys on my team too, so. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of where I stand on that. Uh Okay. Other than that, if there was a guy looking at on my team who I'm kind of who I would say maybe avoid my advice on it would be brandon hunter um he's a good offshore fisherman but kentucky lake fish is way different than chickamauga Mm -hmm. and i think that you know i'm taking him kind of based on the offshore factor i'm hoping that he can go out there and do well but i i'm not sure i see a top 10 out of him and i i don't know that I don't know that he's the perfect way to spend 17 bucks. You might be better served finding a $10 guy and spending that extra seven to bump up to, um, I don't know, to, to bump from somebody up to, uh, somebody better. (laughs) Yeah. Well said. (laughs) I don't have have a specific scenario in mind, (laughs) but I, I, I get, I get the gist of what you're saying. It's one of, it's one of those where I, you know, it's kind of how the team fell fell together, and once I once I got there, I couldn't quite quite do it. I will say also, I couldn't quite make my team work the way I wanted it to, owning Morgan and Neil and Strader, and I wanted to do it, uh, but it didn't quite work for me. If you want to see a blueprint of a guy who can do that, uh, look at James Biggs. He owns all three. He, you know, he's got some some reasoning behind it that he likes. He's of the sort of pundits. We've got like a pundit league going this year. Um, just to kind of keep track. I will say the, uh, our pro angler pundits have not been doing it so well. No. Uh, you and I, on the other hand are leading the pack. Oh yeah. Uh, but, the the pro the our pro angler pundits, in fact, James Biggs has been, well he's been last, at, every time. 
<laughs> not that he's not going to do a good job in the future. Right. Uh, but I admire his boldness for taking all three of those guys because I wish I had done that. Yeah. I couldn't quite do I, it. I'm with you. I started pondering it, but then I started looking at like who I kind of knew I wanted ahead of time and then who I would have had to get you know, in that that kind of middle, low, like the teen range prices. Yeah. And no one was really like, oh, yeah, okay, this will work. I, I feel pretty good about that. So that's also kind of why I went with two instead of three. Yeah, for me, I put all three of them on my team to start and then started to add in some other guys I wanted. You know, once I had Lambert on there, once I had Burge on there, and all of a sudden it just got tight, and I said, I don't think I'm going to fit all these guys on. Somebody's mm-hmm. got to go. And that's when I ended up going with uh, going with you know the king and this year's potential AOI. Yeah. So, <laughs> not a bad a way good, to go. Nope. Good, good series there. Awesome. Kyle, we've got a BFL update with you. What's the word? We do, yeah. We had, uh, man, there were a bunch of BFLs over the weekend. I think we had six of them. And uh, let's see, start things off, we had a Bulldog event on back on Lake Eufaula. And no surprise if any of you are familiar with Lake Eufaula, Ryan Ingram won, who kind of wins a lot of stuff on Lake Eufaula. But yeah. interestingly enough, he won it throwing a big spinnerbait, a white and yellow uh, spinnerbait, a one-ouncer around the lily pads on the north end of the lake. And a lot of times Ingram wins, it's usually down south. But he said there was so much pressure down there after the tour event from you know locals fishing down there that he was like, eh, I'm going to go throw a spinnerbait, a one-ounce spinnerbait through like three feet of water and catch big ones. And he did. Well, Caught 22 is... pounds. Almost cool. 23 pounds, yeah. So he sacked them up. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, those those ledgebuster spinnerbaits, they're made right in town. Mm-hmm. The mayor owns that company. Yeah, you have Strikes some, them. right? I have some. Yeah. I uh, haven't caught any fish on them yet, but, you know, we'll see. Eh, you'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely was, that's interesting for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of kind of cool. Uh, then there was a Cowboy Division event on Sam Rayburn. Uh, Paul Wilson won that one with 21 pounds, 5 ounces. And he did it basically, he was fishing kind of, offshore but the water's still kind of high so he said he was kind of um you know some of the the grass that wouldn't normally have as much water on it he was fishing around and some brush piles but basically he was throwing uh norman dd22 and a zoom old monster catching catching good ones caught a bunch of fish too yeah Um, word is that that um the offshore bite at rayburn is really good right now so yeah it's, yeah. Now's a good time to go down there if you were if you're in the area, you want to go fish Rayburn, catch some yep, offshore. Go check it out. Uh, get on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what do we have next. Then there was a Great Lakes Division tournament on the Mississippi River, and that was out of uh, I believe Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin. So is that Pool Nine? Pool Eight? I I couldn't tell you. I'm not that much of an expert. Nah, I should pull this off the top of my head, but I don't. Anyway. Uh, Mike Felderman won that one with 15 pounds even. Uh, caught them all on a homemade spinnerbait um, at the top end of Pool 9. Said there's, like, if you're going to fish anywhere this time of year, it's the top end of Pool 9. So if you're going out of the river this weekend, you should probably fish the top end of Pool 9. Um, I guess so. And 15 pounds, I mean, that's a real good bag on the river. Oh, real strong. Yeah, especially, you know, this time of year where they're kind of post-bond. And I, I didn't know if he had smallmouth and largemouth or what sort of mixture uh didn't have that info and didn't have time to call him before this so i apologize regardless 15 is pretty cool yeah we'll go with that uh then we had a hoosier division tournament on lake patoka yeah baby patoka oh man if i can say this guy's name i'm doing something right michael yeah <laughs> one more time oh i don't think i can do it twice <laughs> <laughs> apple <Apple-nel. laughs> you just gotta say it fast yeah 
anyway, he won 16 pounds, six ounces. Uh, crap, I forgot my little note on what he caught him on, but I believe it was a Zoom worm as well. A lot of Zoom worms playing this past weekend for guys. All right. Well, so Patoka, it's yeah, got, uh, like, it, I don't think it has much grass in it, but it's got like a lot of wood cover, I think. So yep. I'm guessing around around some wood in some form or fashion. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, Zoom Old Monster. That's what he was throwing. Uh, and he actually caught fish around weeds. Oh, well, see, I'm an back. idiot. Well, he said the weeds were setting up nice, so it must be, he must have found like a little, a little patch or a little area with some good-looking grass. But Zoom Old Monster sounds, that sounds pretty good for Patoka, but I have no idea what that lake's like. Uh, as, as I recall, it's decent for Patoka. There, there have been tournaments there where it's taken over 20 to win. Um, but it's not a place that sort of consistently kicks out huge bags. It's, it's a decent lake, not a amazing lake, if that makes sense. I gotcha. Uh, there you go. What do we have have next? Oh, Mississippi Division Tournament on Ross Barnett. And Shannon Denson sacked up 23 pounds, two ounces to win that one. Uh, he basically had like a two crankbait rotation. He had a Strike King 8.0 and then a Series 3 uh, that he would also throw around the humps and lunges, um, around the, the mid-lake portion of Ross Barnett. So and, basically just offshore stuff. Yep. But he said, that, he said he would like cast in with the 8.0, catch a few fish, and then he would throw that Series 3 back through there and... That's usually what he like cleaned up with and caught the most fish on that Strike King Series Three. All right, and the eight point is their big square bill. Yes, yes. Just in Good case mention. people are confused, not the eight XD. Right, the big old. It's what uh, Hackney was chunking on Pickwick last year a little bit. Yeah, baby. Um, and then finally, we had the Volunteer Division Tournament on Cherokee Lake, and good old J.R. Hennard. One with 18 pounds, 13 ounces. Um, he kind of like was all over the place. He started fishing deep, caught a few, and then was like, eh, this isn't working. I'm going shallow. Then he caught a six-pounder on a spro frog and filled in the rest of his limit. And he's probably, now that he won this one, he's probably going to win like the next two or however many the volunteer division has left. I'm fairly, but that's what he did last year. Yeah, he's he's real good. I'm fairly sure he's qualified for the All-American as well, which is not this week, but it's the weekend. It's the week after Chickamauga. Yeah. Um, which is a big deal, obviously. So that, uh, if he is qualified for that, that'll be sort of interesting. If you believe in momentum, he's going to have some going into that event. If you believe in momentum. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave that up to people who... <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to just people who I believe are, you know, reasonably smart, can make their own decisions. Sure. <laughs> but that uh, that does it for our uh, our BFL recap. And I think that pretty much does it for the podcast. You got anything else you you want us to hit on here, or are we ready to go? I think, uh, I think we're ready to go. I, I want to hurry up and get some work done so I can take off and go fishing this afternoon if it stops raining. All right. Well, I uh, I want to do the same thing. I do have to mow the front part of my lawn, though. It's getting mm. a little ridiculous. <laughs> well, the... has any has anyone complained about it yet? No. Um, I but... think you're good, then. Well, here's the thing. I really enjoy mowing lawn. I kind of have... I have personally fairly high standards. I It's something that bugs me. Oh. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't like my yard. <laughs> yeah, I, I've sort of inherited... Uh, kind of a lawn mowing thing from my dad it sure apparently runs in the family (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, but anyhow we got that as far as following us and and flw and of course the james river event you know coming up this week it's going to be flwfishing.com um you know on twitter on facebook on instagram on youtube we got a pretty cool video up now uh mark daniels jr tying the miller knot Clint Brown crushing him. You got to watch it just for his hook sets. The dude swings on him. <laughs> um, that's from Seminole. I'm 
trying to think. Is there anything else I, I missed out there, or do you think we're, we're good on the social media front? I think, uh, I think you got it. All right. Give me the email address and where people can follow you. Yeah, if uh, you got any questions, comments, concerns you'd like uh, Jody or I to address, you can send us an email at podcast at flwfishing.com. And if you want to see the giant smallmouth I caught this past weekend, you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle Lumber. All righty. For, uh, well, no smallmouth ever, but other things, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Jody Blanco, on Twitter at Jody Blanco. A uh, note about the email address: we got an, I, we got an incredibly detailed email about the Toyota Texas Bass Classic, uh, and I got to read it again. We got to talk about the, one of these episodes, but mm-hmm. I just haven't had time to dig into it yet because I got it while I was fishing and then forgot about it, and now I just remembered. But to whoever sent that, thank you for sending it. It's incredible, and we're going to talk about it at some point in time. <laughs> yep. We'll bring it up. Uh, Probably next week I'll be actually prepared. Um, (laughs) That said, I think think we're good to go here. I like it. See you. Hello? 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 Can you hear me? I can. Nice. I had my microphone muted the first time, which would be... (laughs) I would explain pretty neatly why you couldn't hear me. That would do it, yeah. I was sitting there saying hello, hello, and I can hear you. Uh, ready to dive into this thing? Um, yeah, hold on. I had a sandwich that I was almost done with, but I'm going to save it for a snack later. <laughs>